We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I believe if you're playing regular season games, you should be okay you know, with winning. I'm all right with winning, but it's still regular season. You know? And we made strides for improvement from last week and early on in the season, I believe we did, but it's just one regular season game. Yeah, I mean, you guys can define all that stuff the way you want, and it's cool. You know, we're going to just define it in terms of what we think we're capable of playing like. And I, I promise you all the different things in that game that we feel like we can do better. But the things that we did well, you know, we stand on and we build on, and things we can do better, we got to take with us out to Arizona and find a way to keep getting better. So uh, that, that kind of creates a vision for what we can be. Uh, but let's go be even better. About as businesslike as it gets from QB1 and head coach after a certified curb stomping of what we thought was the NFC's best. And who knows? It's a long season. The Detroit Lions could be there in the end, but not today. Sarah, welcome in to the postgame show, Ravens Lions. This is brought to you, as always, by our, by our exclusive sponsor, Cybertech. More on them in just a bit. Sarah, we just watched a Baltimore team improve to 5-2 and two with a 38-6 to six route of a team that came in, statistically speaking, off the charts. The eye test told you and backed that up as well. And the Ravens, this is a statement win and then some. <laughs> we just saw Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh do what they're supposed to do, which is take it one game at a time, not get too high, not too, not get too low. The fans, however, the whole point of this game is to enjoy it, especially when you absolutely dominate, hunt, and slaughter lions that came in that are supposed to be the best in the NFC, maybe the best in the NFL. So we praise them for their business-like um, approach in the post-game show. And around here and our listeners, we're going to soak this up. We're going to enjoy this because we just saw an absolute complete game, which is what we've been wanting from the Ravens. Offense, defense, special teams. Lamar Jackson just put on a clinic as a pocket passer. And then Mike McDonald and Roquan Smith suffocated. I mean, they couldn't breathe. This is a top three offense. This is an MVP candidate in Jared Goff. And they couldn't even keep their heads up long enough to get a breath. This was, as you said, a curb stomping, a dominating win, and they just hunted and killed these Lions. Let's make sure that before we get too into the weeds, that as the comment section is right now, we'll hold ourselves accountable as well. And before we do, I'll just down to say it, I'll lead the way here. 
I am happy to pick against this team every single week from here on out, Sarah, if this is what we're going to receive as as a reaction of us going against the Ravens like we both did this week. That was one of the all-time performances. We woke up and it's 2019. I I could be convinced if you showed me the calendar and and it said 2019 on it after what I just watched. But, uh, but hey, a lot of a lot of the national media as well picked Detroit. You and I were worried and concerned about the lack of consistency we we had seen through six weeks of football. The Ravens were kind enough to spare us, as you see here up on the screen. Adam Rank and Daniel Jeremiah and Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, Mike Florio, you name it, all the national media pretty much picked Detroit as we did. They kept us off the graphic. Thank you, Ravens Productions. But uh, we're, as we always say, we're happy to be wrong, and uh, this was this was one that I just I didn't see it coming based on what we've seen uh, in recent weeks in the inconsistency category. Sarah, offensively speaking, being unable to to stack quarters right four quarters in a row. Well, they, they you know the sneaky decision from today, Sarah, is their decision. They win the coin toss. You know what? We're receiving. Let's go. We're punching these guys in the mouth from the jump, and we ain't looking back. And that's exactly what they did. Bobby, first of all, um, I'd like to, I'm not narcissistic enough to think that our picks has any sort of bearing on whether the Ravens win or lose. That being said, bring it in the comment section. Come and cook us. Cook us like the Ravens cooked the Lions. Let's go. Uh, You know, it was a five and one team. I felt I felt terrible about picking six wins in a row. I was like, I can't be an objective person here if I'm picking a win for all 17 games. So I thought it might be the right time. I was wrong. So cook me. Cook me all day long. Let's go. Absolutely. I mean, look look at this across the board. And, you know, the Ravens did something today that Lamar has done much throughout his career, Sarah. And we got to begin with him because QB won was electric. He moves his career record over the last six and counting against NFC teams to 16 and one. The Ravens led 28 to nothing at the half. They put on a first quarter clinic for the ages. Uh, Lions, they came out with six total yards from scrimmage, partner, in the first quarter. Lamar, meanwhile, goes 10 of 13, 156 passing yards, a touchdown, and on the ground, oh yeah, he chips in 18 yards on five carries for a touchdown. He finishes with the following numbers overall. A perfect passer rating, 21 of 27 uh, through the air, 357 yards, three touchdowns, and on the ground, nine carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown. He was as good as it gets today. This was an MVP kind of performance, one that allowed him to, as you see here on the screen, chill in his beanie, in his his winter jacket and watch Snoop go out there and get a few plays in in the fourth quarter. I, this this was vintage Lamar Jackson, and as you said at the top, he did it as a pocket-passing quarterback. That's something that Greg Olson from the NFL on Fox crew, former NFL tight end, now is in the commentating booth. He was harping on that all game long. I thought it was a great game to listen to from a, from a Fox standpoint nationally-wise, and it was sensational. Yeah, it really was funny how often they came back to it. Just like, oh, Lamar from the pocket. Lamar, like it just, they just kept coming back to it. And this graphic that we have up on the on the screen right now, it's going to be one of those vintage ones. I'm trying to remember some of the best games where you just always remember these Lamar graphics. There's the one where he's got, he's sitting with his Oakleys, sitting back on the on the bench. 
And um, there's ones where like he's been skipping around when Lamar starts skipping, you know, it's a good day. He was close to like the Jackson five. He had the four total touchdowns, one rushing, three passing. Um, he just, he, he, I mean, a 77.8 completion percentage. Are you kidding me? Mm. Uh, like, are you kidding me? I, listen, uh, and then finally, this is what I wanted, uh, Bobby, is Lamar has had to be Superman for so many games that there's some games like the game where the Ravens receivers drop seven passes. It's like, can can somebody do something for Lamar for once? Like, he's always making everybody else look good. Can you guys make him look good? And then this that happened with the gut at Gus Edwards 80-yarder because that was a two-yard dump, you know, that Lamar had and then – and then uh, Gus takes it 80 yards. So that's 80 yeah. yards kind of pat statting, um, stat padding for Lamar. And it's like, that never happens. That never happens. Finally, it's his weapons making him look good. It was just, uh, oh, it was just so gorgeous. My favorite, probably my favorite play. Let's see if I have it right here. Yeah, this favorite play, my favorite play is when LeBron James got on and started talking. It was the... Uh, I think it was his second touchdown of the game, first passing. And he was so calm, Bobby. By the way, the offensive line gave him lots of time today. Lots of time. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they're finally, this is their second game where they're all five of them are healthy together. But according to Next Gen Stats, Lamar bought himself 9.24 seconds on that play. No defensive back in this league can cover for 9.24 seconds. So the offensive line gave him some good initial time, but then Lamar took it from there. It was like, let me just dance around back here. I'm not going to go run it in, even though I probably could, but he just like, he runs up to the right, goes all the way back there, runs back with two lions in his face. He just calmly sets his feet and delivers the ball back to Nelson Aguilar. And good for Nelly. Uh, just staying alive. You got to learn how to do that when Lamar can create time like that. LeBron James comes on after that play, says, man, Lamar is so dang good. Wow, pocket presence. And I, I tweeted, I was like, it's just a joy and a pleasure to be able to cover him week in and week out. It's just such a – when you see a man just put on a clinic like that, it's unreal. By far, my favorite play of the game right there. Oh, and that wasn't the only thing that LeBron had to say about the performance as well. He was chiming in uh, for Mark Andrews, being that it was National Tight Ends Day around the league, and Mark decided to celebrate accordingly. Four receptions, 63 yards, two touchdowns, and he was just all over the field. Toughness, as we always know, consistency, and opening up other opportunities for other guys as well, which was great. And as you see, look at him. He's, he's willing to put his body on the line as usual. There it is. National tight ends day. Outstretched arms. Hitting the pylon. Doing what 89 does best. Putting his body just in fully outstretched mode to make sure that he gets it into the end zone, which he did, like I mentioned, twice today, Sarah. It was good to see him back filling up the stat sheet. So good to see him filling up the stat sheet. Um, here's what's crazy. I want to come back up to this right here. So this was a headline from this week. Lions is the headline. Lions DC defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn said he had multiple coaches call him about how to defend the Ravens offense. <laughs> 
I, I don't know. I don't know did which they come up with were anything calling him. No, they did not come anything. No, absolutely not. This is what's hilarious. I mean, these NFC teams really don't have the experience that, say, like a Steelers have going up against Lamar either two to three times a year. Um, but let's just remember, this Lions defense it's ranked number seven overall in terms of yards per game. Number one in rush defense, but then number 18 in pass defense, tied number nine points per game. Fourth, they were fourth in the league in the third down percentage. Okay, yeah, none of that. None of that was going well. This is for sure Lamar's best best game of the season. Um, he, he had uh, almost 400 yards total. Uh, the, the, uh, by the way, red zone, which we definitely get on the Ravens case for it going one for seven, I believe last week, this week they were, uh, was it five of six, Bobby? Uh, I think it was something like that. I got to look up those stats. I believe it was five of six. And then one of them mm. was the, was the, they, had, they brought in uh Tucker to, to knock it in and get the three points. I mean, no, the, the, the drops, which had been a problem, not a problem today. Red zone issues, not a problem today. Oh, were you worried about the Ravens being tired coming off of London? Not a problem today. Like, there was no problems for this Ravens offense, or defense for that matter. Harbs wanted to, to talk about that London decision, right? He had the option. The NFL gave him an option earlier on in the offseason to take his bye week coming off London. 100%. They were locked in from day one. Every single guy was completely locked into practice. We had three excellent practices. Uh, the, the, I'll tell you, one thing about these guys, there's no turning to the right nor to the left. They are like this. That's how their focus is right now, every single day. You love it as a coach. Uh, that's how they feel. That's how they go to work. I wasn't even thinking about it. Everybody kept asking me about not taking the bye or whatever. You know, there you go. Flex on them, Harbs. Flex on them over <laughs> here, right? That's, that's what we do. Hey, we're going to get to more conversation in just a second here, but I wanted to tell you about our exclusive post game sponsor. And that is our friends at CyberTech. been doing great work for us all season long, including obviously the, the Roquan Smith show, which we, we wish that we could bring you Roquan the day after this one. But unfortunately we are not scheduled to speak with him until later on. Uh, I think it's after the, the Arizona game is what we tentatively have scheduled right now. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have Roquan for you returning to inside the vault in, in, a, in a few short days. But uh, Cybertech, a next generation local recruiting, resourcing and outsourcing firm, a new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, Cybertech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, Cybertech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. Cybertech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you find yourself intrigued, you can meet myself, Sarah, and the Cybertech team for an introduction by scanning the QR code that you see in the upper right-hand corner of this screen, or you can get started by sending an email to info at cybertech-es.com, which can be found in the show notes below. Huge thank you to Cybertech for believing in what we're building. This is probably where we should segue to next. And as many of you probably have seen, there was the Mike Sando, who is a writer for the athletic piece that comes out oh, maybe a couple times a year where he speaks with 
NFL executives anonymously in this case, and it typically is anonymously or else he's probably not going to get these conversations, Sarah, which is just kind of how it works. So he put out a piece and in it, again, you can find the link to this full piece. If you want the context and whatnot, we'll try to provide you as much as we can in the show notes. So go check that out if you haven't already after the show. But you see my tweet here in Mike's latest, an anonymous NFL exec claims that Lamar, quote, does not appear as dynamic as a runner and that Odell Beckham Jr., quote, is not that guy anymore. Now, for the purpose of this exercise, let's go to the last sentence here. Who are you truly afraid of on that offense? Nobody but Lamar. And if you're not using Lamar in a certain capacity, he becomes just like the rest of these quarterbacks around the league, hit or miss, end quote. This was a hit today. What'd you think, Sarah? We haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. <laughs> uh, well, it was clearly a hit. Um, I mean, it just, it, it demonstrates, and I, and I tweeted this as one of my, my, my takeaways, is that the league has been convinced that Lamar cannot pass from the pocket. And so here he is taking a shot at Lamar saying, oh, you're regulating him to the pocket. Now, believe me, there was a couple of times also where he scrambled with that other, like there was one time where Jared Goff, I was like, like he just, he saw, I think it was um, Mollet coming at him, Mallet coming at him. And he just like saw him and he's not a big dude. Okay. This is like your nickel cornerback. And Jared Goff just like, you know, goes into a fetal position and goes down. I was like, Lamar could have gotten out of that. Lamar could have gotten out of that for sure. And that is what separate, but just because Lamar can get out of that stuff and because Lamar can get first downs with his legs and he's not doing intentional grounding like we saw with Goff today, it doesn't mean he can't be a pocket passer. And that is what, that is what he was today. He just like from the pocket cut them apart. John Harbaugh said after the game, that Lamar Jackson got the lion spike. Oh my gosh, is that perfect for today? <laughs> so for those that don't know, um, John Harbaugh gives out game balls. And by the way, one of the game balls went to Todd Munkin. Very deserving. We can get more into the offense as a whole as, as Todd Munkin. My goodness, everybody ate today. But the lion spike is given based off of the, I'm going to forget the name of the tribe, the, the mossy well, the first tribe time that we talked about it. And I, I had no idea, but you nailed it the first time. It was like maybe opening week or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's an African tribe that literally hunts lions and it's this super sharp spike, but it's not like you'd, you'd think if you're hunting lions, I just, you kind of envision like these big old swords, but it's literally this dual sided spike that has a little hole in the middle that it's wooden and you put your hand inside of it to, to grip it. I cannot imagine when we talk about what we do for a living every day. Like we get on a podcast and we talk, there are men in this world who literally go out and hunt lions and they slay them. And that is what that is. So John Harbaugh gave the lion spike to Lamar Jackson today because that is what Lamar did. He hunted him. He had the spike. He took him down. It was per, it was just perfect. And again, you just love the way he did it, proving people wrong because people that have been following Lamar Jackson since his days at Louisville, they have been preaching to us from the beginning. Lamar Jackson can be a pocket passer. It just took a change in coaching. It took a change to give him the freedom to do it. And that is exactly what he did today. As for Todd Munkin, very deserving of it. I mean, 
OBJ, and this is Todd Munkin and Lamar working together. OBJ got involved. Rashad Bateman got involved. Zay Flowers was involved. Mark Andrews was involved. Gus Edwards was involved. Justice Hill was involved, even though there was that that fumble, and we'll get to that in a second. But like, there was just no answers today, and it felt like week seven, finally, finally, they really all came together in this new offense, and it was just a chef's kiss of a day. Thought this was absolutely hysterical from ESPN's Mina Kimes. She puts up a screenshot of MJ, Michael Jordan, with the quote, from Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares intro. I used to pray for times like this, and her caption is after the last three years, dot, 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 watching Lamar chilling behind a healthy line, throwing to wide open receivers. That, that's so good if you if you understand the reference and just where that comes from and, and, and MJ celebrating the title and, and all of that. And you know what I want to add on to that, Sarah? And, and first of all, we're coming up on 900 concurrent viewers right now across all Woo! platforms, so... Thank you. If you haven't already done so, like whichever video you're watching this from and also subscribe to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels. We appreciate you guys. Let's get over a thousand in here if we if we can. Partner, what along the lines of Lamar that I really, really want to talk about, you already mentioned the play, but I think it opens up a conversation to be had for a minute or two, is that two-yard pass, the check down to Gus that went for 80, right? And and kind of stat padded to your point. Remember the conversation that we had? I think it was probably like over the summer. And it was given the revamped passing nature, given all the playmaking ability around Lamar, the investment in the wide receiver position, the investment in playmaking. Can Lamar take off his Superman cape when need be? Does he have to be that guy every single time? Can he actually dethrone himself at times and spread it around? That play right there was exhibit A for why he can do that. He doesn't have to be Superman all the time. And I think that play along with just being smart with the football, protecting himself, right? Taking what the defense gives him and not having to always constantly use his legs, which for for a long time now, he hasn't just solely used his legs. I think sometimes you can hear these national announcers, and I don't want, Greg Olson maybe did this a little bit, but they're acting as if he hasn't been doing this for a while now, right? He hasn't solely been relying on on his legs. He hasn't been doing that for a long time, but I just thought that play and some of the other plays just where he is protecting himself, taking what the defense gives him, using what's at his disposal is ultimately answering the question that we were asking before the year, and that was, can he dethrone himself at times from wearing that Superman cape? It's a resounding yes so far through seven weeks. Yeah, no, I I agree with what you're saying. I don't I don't love the word dethrone. I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying though. Um, yeah, to where so, uh, take go off ahead. Out like how, how do you say that? <laughs> What's the word? Yeah, I'm looking- well, I feel like he can he can trust his playmakers a little bit more. But that and that's also like a give and take, right? It's like. Um, I've seen him in the past feel like he had, I, I hear what you're saying. Like there's some word like, you know, he would throw an interception. I'm trying to remember which game that was where it was like an interception, in the end zone. It's like, it's okay to throw it away right there. Right. And so, yeah, I feel like the, the, um, his, his weapons are showing him that they can trust him more. I think it kind of goes both ways. So on the Gus Edwards play, by the way, that was funny. I brought up a two, a two page, uh, a two photo, 
um, kind of side by side of Gus's run because that big man, that big man knew that he was losing ground. <laughs> like, and he like took a dive at him and he was like, that was like his last ditch effort to try to catch up to Gus. Edwards. Here we go. 54 <laughs> big man. I don't blame him. He was running. He was trying to keep up and he was losing. So it was just like, I just love those pictures when a, when a defender looks back up and it's like, Oh man, I didn't get him. I didn't get him at all. <laughs> so, but no, there were a few times to your point that Lamar did that where it's like, Dumps it off to to Gus, goes 80 yards. Lamar's gonna remember that. Okay, I can I can dump it off instead of trying to make a play on my on my own. Or the one, how about the one where it was a classic RPL where we've seen a million times where Lamar decides to take it from his running back and then he will bust up the middle and he and against NFC teams, by the way, too, he'll like take it to the house. Well, on this one, it was clear. The Lions had done their homework because we've seen Lamar bust up the middle and take it to the house several times, whether it's 20 yards, you know, 60 yards, whatever. So the Lions had somebody spying Lamar, but Todd Munkin and Lamar were one step ahead. So one of these days, somebody's going to realize Lamar busted up. So he had OBJ right there and he dumps it to OBJ. Um, I'm trying to think of another time. I feel like there was one other kind of dump off where they went far. But yeah, to your point, I love don't there were no drops. There's like, if Lamar can trust these guys, then he doesn't have to be Superman every single game. And yet he still kind of was Superman, but from the pocket. You well, know what I mean? That's what's it's so crazy. funny about the conversation. Yeah. We're, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make a point here in the sense that he's taken off the cape when really the statistic line is telling you, no, 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 he, he's an MVP candidate and he still has the cape on. But I just think it's part of a, a bigger picture conversation about his maturation process, his development now under Todd and, and the new scheme and the playmaking ability around him. That's going to help him out durability long-term, right? Keep him around longer and ultimately make him a more well-rounded quarterback. And that's kind of where I was going with it. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> this is, this is really something else. Like I just lost my total train of thought because of wanting to finish that up, but where do you want to go next? I'm just trying to think if there's anything else here on, on offense. Uh, oh, I do want to hit one more on offense because I definitely want to get to the defense too. But this one cracked me up. How oh, this about is cool. this one? Robbie just yeah, kind of helped us out here. Yeah, not to throw, but spread the burden. I like that. Thank you, Robbie. Apparently, I'm still in London. Thank you, Robbie. <laughs> no, I do love that. Um, so this one, this is another one where... People made fun of uh, Greg Roman for using Pat Ricard in the passing game. <laughs> and probably it's because it happened so often. I think everybody is here for like a very once in a while. Like let's pull out our fullback who used to be a defensive lineman and, and, you know, let him cook. I mean, this is bananas. He went, <laughs> he, he set a career high with that 28 yard catch and this is another one where it was just like, how how do you know to defend Pat Ricard when by at this point Richard Bateman had already been on the board, OBJ is already on the board, Mark Andrews is already on the board, um, Zay Flowers is already on the board. So it's like, and by the way, they have to be careful of Lamar because he he will scramble for a first yard or a first down. And so it's like, all right, well then we're just gonna let the fullback be open. And it's like he had all day long with this. And I want to pull up because we can't use television copy, but um, Bill Barnwell over at ESPN, he was pulling some of these, um, you know, the green screen and all the dots. 
Check this out where we hikes the ball. Here's the dot of eight. 42 releases, and it's just look at all this space. Look at all this. And then 31, you know, if you remember, the only way 31 could tackle him is to go low. Like there's no other way. You gotta go low. But like, okay, Pat Ricard, okay, like he you turn up and you're like, I'm a 300 pounder. How fast can I go? Because if that's like Zay Flowers, he's going to the house, right? Or if that's Keaton Mitchell, he's going to the house. But that was so much fun to watch. Uh, Pat Ricard right there. Oh, Sarah, the, the, the best thing you, you'll you see today, maybe all year long, is when 42 sees daylight because he ain't used to seeing that much daylight. <laughs> He's used to being gang tackled, essentially, right? Because that's just what it is to bring this guy down. On top of that, as he's always been used, right, in, in Baltimore since they brought him in, was those those heavy packages, right? And so on Lamar's keeper, in the first quarter, you might remember when he went for that seven-yard run to punch it in after seven plays, 75 yards, just a dominant opening drive. Pat's in there. He's that heavy body. He's that he's that big body presence that you have to account for that opens up all kinds of lanes. And Lamar was so patient at the line of scrimmage there after post-snap that he just he waited, he waited, and he waltzes into the end zone. I thought he showed great patience Ooh, yeah. at times today. There was some great trickery, both with Zay and Odell. I'm thinking of one play specifically where Lamar kind of flushes out a little bit as if he's going to go left and comes back right, waits for the defender to move a little bit, and then slings it sidearm to Odell. Like, that's the trickery that that is just – it shows his patience and composure, and that's mm-hmm. a little monkey wrinkle right there. that He's going to try and get OBJ involved as much as possible. And you may not look at the stat sheet and be like, oh man, Odell was was a big factor today, but Lamar spread it around. And I loved on the same drive, Rashad gets a couple big chunk plays. I know everybody gets on me for the way that I criticize him. So let me just say this before we move on. I think that Rashad could be a significant piece to solving this puzzle in Baltimore. If you get him involved, he doesn't necessarily need to be your wide receiver one because it's pretty clear to all of us. I think that that Zay and Mark are going to be those guys for you and uh, just in terms of pass catching. But I was really, really pleased to see Rashad get involved today, and I hope that continues moving forward. Yeah, hopefully that's the the beginning of, like, just this snowball effect. Let's get, let's get Bateman in here and just be, like, another one of the receivers. It's just, like, you know, too many, too many targets to try to, to, uh, to uh, try to cover. This play with Keaton Mitchell, and by the way, Keaton Mitchell left with a hamstring injury, didn't come back. Mm. Uh, I hope he does come back because, ooh, just the one play with him, Bobby. I know he played a lot on special teams. He had the one one play where he got the ball on offense, and oh, my gosh, it just makes you (laughs) excited. You hope he comes back. So what I loved about this, I love that Todd Munkin did this. So I've got the screen grab of it here. Todd Munkin faked uh, the handoff to Zay Flowers, which he has done before. It's like, just get get the ball in Zay's hands and see what he can do. But how beautiful is it to see Zay and Keaton Mitchell on the field together, in the same play together? Because now it's like, now you have on, on film where you do hand off to Zay, but now you also have on film film where you fake the handoff and then technically, this is another pass, by the way. This is another one. This is the third one I was trying to think of, that it was like, oh, this helped Lamar out. And, you know, Lamar didn't have to be Superman. He could spread the burden, as as Robbie said. And so it's like, at first, I thought it was going to be blown up because when they give it, gave it to Keaton Mitchell, 
this defender here is who's kind of blurry right now on the screen grab. He like blows it up. You'd think he is, but then Keaton is so fast. He cuts inside and like in a blink of an eye, is it the first down marker? I mean, it like, oh, the, 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 the possibilities with these guys on the field together. And now defenses are going to have to figure out which one is it going to be. I love this play design by Todd Munkin for sure. We really have to give some ups to the pass protection because I think that was one of the better games that I can remember in the Lamar era in terms of how much time he had. You already referenced that earlier on in the stream on one specific play, the time that he also bought for himself, but that he also had from the jump. And I just think these guys deserve a ton of credit. Ronnie Stanley steamrolled one guy on that Lamar Jackson touchdown the keeper in the first quarter, quite literally took the guy by his shoulder pads and just said, you're coming with me, buddy. All right. And he just <laughs> yeah. took him all the way into the end zone. I thought that was just a, a, a sheer firepower and force. I'm going to move you and there's nothing you can possibly do about it. It was great to see Ronnie assert his dominance that way. And just up and down the line, the pulling schemes that Munkin implemented a lot of that, I would have to think maybe carried over from G Rose schemes over, over his years in, in town. And it's just, it, they were cooking with grease to use Roquan Smith's phrase. We'll get to the defense in just a bit because goodness gracious, from a pass rush standpoint and an overall dominance and, and, and just a, um, a, a will uh, and, and almost like just this, this, this understanding, this mutual understanding, collective understanding that we will not allow them to get into the end zone. It was just an unbelievable display. Geno Stone. So don't worry. We're going to turn the page and talk Sizzle as well, who took his rightful place in the Ravens ring of honor at halftime football immortality inside the bank. But I did want to give some big, big ups to the O-line because uh, they, they asserted their dominance today from the jump, Sarah. and, And that was a, you know, that paid major dividends. I thought the offensive line was fantastic in pass protection. In the beginning, they still left some to be desired for me in the run game, but I felt like as the game went on, and I don't know if it was because the Ravens were so successful in the passing game that, you know, the defense had to adjust to try to, like, focus on that, and then maybe that opened up some some holes for the the running backs and uh, Lamar from time to time. So, but, but from a pass protection standpoint, I thought they were excellent. Now, the one play that uh, did get to Lamar, and I'm glad he was flagged for it, um, Aiden Hutchinson, and I am going to use the word lunch. I had, uh, I don't know if they were, there was a Twitter, I think it was not Matt Canada, so I'm guessing he's a Steelers fan. Uh, so I don't know if he's a Steelers fan. Maybe it was Lions people, but I used the term on Twitter that Aiden Hutchinson lunged at Lamar's knees and got a roughing the passer penalty. Now, uh, Dean Blandino also used the word lunged. I think that accurately describes what it is. Some people came at me saying, oh, he wasn't dirty. And I think they're saying that because I said, I believe that Aiden Hutchinson will get a fine. Uh, I think he should, based off of how they're fining people, including the Ravens. If if Michael Pierce got a fine for his sack last week on Tannehill, which I actually cannot see why he got flagged or fined. Maybe he landed too hard on top of him. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I have no idea. But if that's going to be fined and they're trying to protect the quarterbacks and you 
better believe I want a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you know, um, protected. I mean, he did. He he lunged at his knees. I don't like jumped at his knees. I don't know what other words you want. He didn't fall into his knees. It certainly wasn't that. He lunged into it. And so my prediction, which could be wrong, clearly my prediction was wrong on the game. So, but I I think by next Saturday we will see Aiden Hutchinson getting fined for lunging at Lamar's knees. To me, it was a sigh of relief to see Lamar get up there, because um, th- I mean that's where bad things can happen. So, uh, so happy to see him jump up. And he, when he jumped up, by the way, Lamar was heated and he got the flag. The other time he was heated. And I thought this was kind of ridiculous is when he, he ran out of bounds and I made sure to grab video of this because I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, but, but number 96 on the Detroit sideline, who was not in the game, mind you, he's not in the game. Isaiah bugs, right? Basically when Lamar's not looking. The play's over, long over. Lamar is probably 10 feet out of bounds at this point after keeping it himself. 96 goes to try and swat the ball out of Lamar's hands. Well, Lamar looks back, and he does not often do this, as we both know. He gets in, he gets in Isaiah's face and says, he lets him know about it. And guess what? Isaiah, Lamar wasn't even looking, and you literally fully swatted with, with a decent amount of strength and power, and you still couldn't pop the ball out of his hands. You got to be <laughs> slicker if you're going to deal with Lamar. I mean, come on, you're thinking you're slick. You got to be more slick to handle with number eight. And so I, I just, I couldn't believe that, but it was just, yeah, that, I, I'm sure it was frustrating to be on that sideline for Detroit because anything they possibly did just was, was all negative pretty much all day long. I noticed that too. I thought that was weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's like muscle memory, you know, it's like you're a defender. You, I, I don't know what he was trying to do there, even if he did knock it out. But um, yeah, so the, the other time that Lamar was very upset, and um, which he admitted at the end of the game that one of the reasons why he wasn't like ecstatic happy, which I loved his first answer, by the way, though, like regular season win, it's just, it's just one more regular season game. It's just one more regular, like perfect answer. But then he also admitted this is one of them. So he and Justice Hill had a fumble on their exchange. Uh, I Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel like this is the first time that this has happened between these two. Um, you know, Justice Hill, I mean, he is, he continues to get better, but he's got to figure out this mesh point with Lamar. So as Jeff Zrebeck uh, noted on Twitter, he said after this botched exchange, Jackson was incensed. Then he had words with Hill and then threw his helmet on the sideline. And then he said that happens way too often with Jackson and Hill on the field. Okay, so uh, my gut was telling me, right, that that, that it does happen between these two. Oh, Lamar yeah. talked about it. Um, after the game, uh, let's see, where is it? Here we go. Here's what Lamar had to say. Just be, keep being consistent and keep doing what we're doing. Um, we had one hiccup, me and man, um, Justin, but you know, we talked about it on the sideline and we shouldn't be having that problem anymore, but little stuff like that. That's why I'm not, you know, pleased with the win because we was trying to strive for every job we were going to score, put points on the board, but we didn't because of that fumble. But it's pretty good. We got the win, so I'm satisfied. Now you talked a lot about. I, I love it. I love it. It's like chasing perfection. Nobody's perfect, but chasing perfection makes you great. Nobody's perfect, but chasing perfection makes you great. And and you know that's what it is. I mean, he had just scored, I think, four times in a row, going down there, and. And to just be so upset because Lamar knows. Lamar knows what 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 
not only what people have been talking about, it's not even that people need to talk about it, but he knows that turnovers are like drive killers. Sometimes they're momentum killers and can change the whole outcome of a game. And now if I'm thinking back, I feel like the last time he and Hill had a missed exchange, the Ravens were up and it totally flipped the momentum. I think it was the Colts game maybe, and the Colts were able to come back. So he knows he... It doesn't matter that they had, they had maybe, I think it was like 28 at that point. Maybe it was 21. Uh, but it's like, doesn't matter. Like this play, this play right here can't happen anymore. So I hope he's right. You know, he went and talked to Hill. It was kind of funny last week, Bobby, we had um, highlighted um, Lamar Jackson making fun of Geno Stone's return. And he, he said that he went up to Geno Stone and was like, yo, you don't have any vision on your return. You got to get better vision. He talked about what blockers he had. Somebody had said, man, I wish Lamar would talk to his weapons that way, like his offensive weapons, receivers, and and Hill. He clearly did that here. Now, he didn't publicly go after Hill. Uh, He just said it was on us, and we talked about it. Um, But clearly, he went, and he wants to fix these. Lamar is very aware of the turnovers and fumbles, and you saw right there how badly he wants to turn that around. Oh, yeah. And he's so dominant and so silky smooth in the mesh point. So it's like almost jarring to watch these these glitches. Right. So you wonder if it's more on. I know he was credited for that fumble in terms of the the box score stats sheet. But you wonder if it's more about the timing than it is the player in Justice's case. I don't know. Hopefully they can get it. Well, there's just got to be. Yeah, there's got to be a better feel of like they talked about it on the broadcast. Um, I can't remember which quarterback they were quoting, but like you have to feel like your quarterback is ripping it from you. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not sitting here acting like it's easy, but there's got to be a better feel because obviously Lamar does these RPOs with plenty of running backs, but this is happening the most with Hill. Um, so it's like the two of them together, Hill's got to be- get a better feel for when is it that Lamar is getting the ball back. And if it's if that's what it is, it's like, you got like, you'll know I'm going to rip it from you. You will know. Otherwise the ball is yours. Yeah. Yeah. One, one last thing on offense. And I don't know if you have one other thing for me. It's just one last note on offense uh, before we flip over to defense. Cause man, we're like uh, 40 minutes into it. We haven't talked too much we about the defense. <laughs> we knew this would happen, but we will get to the defense. Um, we already, we already talked about um, Zay flowers. I mean, Keaton Mitchell and the two together. But you you tweeted here. I don't want to take your your. Why don't you talk about this? Because this is your tweet. I don't want to steal your thunder. Well, I just think that Zay deserves credit because he's he's clearly putting on a clinic right now for rookies. And as the Ravens tweeted out, he's the second wide receiver since 1970 to have at least 50 scrimmage yards in each of the first seven career games. And you know something I, I t- spoke about on the pregame show. And by the way, Todd Heap. Ravens ring of honor. And of course, one of the most productive, if not the most productive tight end to ever come through Baltimore. Uh, he, he was on, he was, he was awesome. So maybe we can revisit that later this week. I appreciated his time at be more around town. You know, one of the things we were talking about Todd and I were, was essentially like, okay, Zay hasn't had that game. That's like insane statistically speaking, but this right here tells you that he's consistent and he doesn't need to be a guy where, Like last year, Mark Andrews needed to dominate every single game from a pass-catching standpoint in order for them to have a chance. And so while this is a great stat right here, I think the bigger picture, Sarah, is that, no, they have the horses now that that you can spread it around. And you've seen that now in in many weeks this year, but today was was one of those. But just as as we kind of highlighted here, you got the Zay and Keaton 
dynamic duo and, and the, the options there from a creativity standpoint. And then we all know what differentiates Zay from a similar guy in terms of measurements years ago in Marquise Hollywood Brown. It's, it's the sturdiness with which he runs his routes. It's his toughness after the catch. And he refuses, refuses to just go down or run out of bounds. And that's why I tweeted this. What he does after the catch is absolutely sensational, super impactful for this offense. Uh, yeah, I think you make a really good point that like he hasn't had like the big like 100-yard kind of two touchdown kind of game or whatever. Although I do think that's coming. I think that's I think that's coming. But it is nice just to have a consistent reliable receiver on the field every game. So, what do you what do you say? You got anything else on offense or should we flip over to defense starting with Suggs to kind yep, of we, sh- down? we absolutely should. I'll finish with this. The Ravens are the first team to score a touchdown to each on each of their first four drives of a game this season league wide. That's what they did today, just punching Detroit in the mouth. And then at halftime, again, they led 28 to nothing. 355 first half yards from scrimmage. That's the third most in franchise history according to True Media as Jonas Schaefer tweeted out. Their 9.6 yards per first half play are the fourth most in franchise history. And yes, this was against, statistically speaking, a stellar and dominant Detroit defense. So that just puts it into perspective for just how much of a curb stomping this was. Munkin didn't just draw it up for the opening drive and maybe the first couple drives, which are often scripted. It was throughout the entire game. That's what we've been looking for. The group was unconscious, and it tell, it just shows you that this is what it could look like, right? Is this is this the groundbreaking moment that we've been waiting for, where it's all it's all down the road, it's all above us, uh, ahead of them from here on out? Who knows? We'll have to see. There'll be peaks and valleys, but today just showed you what the tip of the iceberg in terms of what the potential could be for this team, offensively speaking. As you mentioned at halftime, the Ravens honored one of the all-time greats to ever come through this franchise history. Terrell Suggs was inducted into the ring of honor, football immortality, if you will, inside the bank. There were Ravens greats from all over uh, that, that were here. Like I mentioned, Todd Heap came in as well. It was great to catch up with him, but we just wanted to start off the defensive discussion because Siz, he set the tone as he often did as a player, Sarah, and, and the Ravens did not look back today whatsoever. I just want to say it's been my greatest honor playing in front of you guys and being a Raven. I love y'all, and it's forever. Ravens Nation, ball so hard, university, baby. I like to begin and be very brief that Terrell was a tone setter, both in practice and in games. You know, it was a pleasure of mine to watch him grow and become a leader of this football team. TCS always played like a Raven. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, 
If your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just a small snippet there from Ozzy's speech there at halftime. And you saw all some of the people in the background that were alongside and, and for, for a great day in Ravens history, Sarah. He, he made his pregame stops. He was all over the place looking fresh to death. And uh, just a cool historic day for a guy who was absolutely disruptive and really iconic over his years here. What's funny is I was going to ask for those his two kids next to him, and as I did that, my I don't know if you guys heard it, my son came busting in, not realizing that I was on air. But um, you're fine. <laughs> He's like sitting here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Which which one is it? it? It was Aiden. He wanted he busted in here like of he was ready it was for Aiden. a conversation, and then he saw the lights. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, and like the Homer Simpson into the bushes there. But oh. um, anyway, uh, no, Ozzy Newsom said that. Terrell Suggs was a tone setter and that's the way I feel like it. Like I feel like him being in the building, going into the ring of honor, set a tone in M&T bank stadium today. And it was just like, we, we are not giving you anything, you know? So, but it was just like, I hadn't seen any of those clips that you just played them. I don't, I don't know if the Ravens a Twitter account put them up or whatever, but there is something, what is it about nostalgia where you just see somebody that you love from the past I mean, I can think of so many different interactions I had with Sizzle. He's always making fun of people. I've had the pleasure of being made fun of by him once or twice, which is just like an honor, right? Because that's what Sizzle does. Yep. And it just, it just like, I can't even explain it. It just warms the heart when you see somebody from the past that means so much. He, he, he's exactly what Ozzy said. He like defines what it means to play like a Raven. I'm so happy to see that Ray Lewis was there for him. Um, uh, Brian Billick was there, uh, Todd Heap, as you mentioned, just everybody there. And I feel like, I feel like the Ravens have taken, I feel like this is the, it just feels like a year where the Ravens have that back, where, where you're talking about setting a tone like that. The perfect play that I can think of where, where it's like playing like a Ravens defender exactly was this one right here. Are you pulling it up? Roquan or you or, or oh you uh, let me go to Roquan here real quick um I thought this was going to be the first drive that the Lions eventually got points 
um, but the Ravens kept him to zero still. But they were finally driving, getting some yards, and it looked like they were finally going to score. But here we are. I mean, Roquan Smith, to me, is the guy, along with Patrick Queen, quite frankly, um, and maybe they feed off of each other, but that feeling that I always got from Suggs or from Ray, I feel it again. And it's been a minute, but I feel it again through Roquan. I feel it again through PQ. I feel it again through Matabike, where it's like you're inside the red zone. It looks like it's like, fine, they can have the points. No, 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 says Roquan Smith, says the entire defense. We are not having it. And then he almost got the interception. He has to, like, have the ball secure and two feet in, which I don't think he did on this Screen grab, I bought it, it grabbed it. It kind of looks like he did, but he didn't. Either way, it's a turnover on downs. And I just, I love that that feeling is back, the Ed Reed feeling, like the feeling that it's like, I don't care that you're on the three-yard line. You're not getting in this end zone. We want a shutout. They didn't eventually get the shutout, but they were close. It's, ch again, chasing perfection, setting the tone. Roquan Smith saying, oh, this is a top three offense? Well, I'm in the show-me business. Show me your top three. They didn't show it to him today. He didn't, No, no, not against the Ravens' defense. And I love that that feeling is back, Bobby. Yeah, no, I, I love that analogy. And I think somebody who deserves a lot of credit that maybe won't be talked about a lot is Chuck Smith, a.k.a. Mm. Dr. Rush. Now, of course, Mike McDonald deserves his flowers as well because he's the one that's ultimately pushing the buttons here in the laboratory, if you will, in-game. But Chuck Smith is the guy they brought in as a pass rush specialist to lead the outside linebacker room this offseason. It was one of those hires that's a little unconventional, kind of like they, what they did with Keith Williams. And when I say on the offensive side of the ball with from a pass game standpoint, and Sarah, what I, what I mean by unconventional, as you know, is that these guys, both Keith and Chuck, didn't have previous experience in terms of coaching, right? They were specialists. They were guys that did a lot of off-season work with big-time names. Like Chuck would, would put on and work at the, the Pass Rush Summit with Von Miller every, every single year, right? And this guy, in Keith's case, he works and trains Devontae Adams at the wide receiver position. And I think what Chuck has done and, and what he's clearly done so far, and you're seeing the fruits of the labor, is from a technique standpoint, he has done something that's impactful to this room. And it's led by vets like Jadavian Clowney. Right, like Kyle Van Noy, who each were, were disruptive again today. Justin Matabike, cha-ching, cha-ching, to quote Jeff Zarebek on Twitter. His contract year continues to be one where, who knows, he could be pricing himself out of Baltimore. You hope that's not the case, but he's making himself an absolute case. He's pitching himself week in and week out. And here it is. It comes from bunches, right? Here we are again. Five total sacks, and they came from all kinds of different guys. Arthur Mollett. Led the team in tackles, seven of which were solo. He had a tackle for loss. He had a sack as well and a QB hit. Kyle Hamilton has a tackle for loss. Uh, in terms of sacks, though, it was Mollett. It was Kyle Van Noy who had two. Here he comes off the couch, as he says. Justin Matabike has a sack. Adafe Owe, who we'll get to, I'm sure, who looked spry coming off that ankle injury. We had not seen him since week two, Sarah, but I just wanted to give some flowers to Chuck Smith because that was one of those hires this offseason that I think some scratched their heads on, and it's paying early dividends through seven weeks for sure. 
I think it is a good, I think it was a good hire. John Harbaugh was asked after the game, like, what are you guys doing differently? Because the Ravens came into this game, I believe, leading the league in sacks with 24, which is just mind-boggling if we go back to <laughs> training camp at the preseason where everybody was like, we don't have a pass rush. What are we doing? Yada, yada, yada. And then Vinoy and Clowney fall in their laps. I thought they'd only get one. They got both. Uh, but anyway, back to John Harbaugh. So they were like, what are you doing different? He's like, we're not doing anything different. And he, and he says, quote, those guys, meaning the pass rushers, are bringing it with a real viciousness. We got some legit pass rushers. Give those guys some credit. Bobby, those five sacks that the Ravens picked up today from four different people, the Lions had only given up 10 total sacks coming into this game through six weeks. In one week, they got half of their total of the whole season. Yep. And, and, it is, and it is. It just is like they're, they're coming from everywhere. They're coming from everywhere. Um, and then let me – we got to give Mike McDonald as we talk about this – you gave some love to Chuck Smith, rightfully so. And then here we are with, with Mike McDonald. I thought this was a great tweet from Jeff Zrebeck. Uh, this was right after Geno Smith's, by the way, and we got to get to him. We haven't even gotten to him. This is right after Geno Smith's pick. Uh, Jeff says, another fourth down stop for Ravens. Lots of head coaching buzz for Lions OC Bed Johnson. In fact, there was buzz for him last offseason, but he withdrew his name to be a candidate. Uh, Jeff goes on to say a few more defensive performances like this and you'll start hearing some buzz around Ravens DC Mike McDonald obviously that buzz has already begun locally as you have pointed out several times um, and uh, but but it's it's just going to keep getting bigger I mean I just keep thinking back to Rex Ryan being like this hot shot new coordinator he's in over his head <laughs> he's drowning but then Ryan Meek here writes, Detroit scored its first touchdown. This is how long it took to get the first touchdown with 13.59 left in the game. So, you know, a couple minutes into the fourth quarter, and then it was Gibbs who, who got it with an outside toss and, and then turned on the Jets. So part of me felt like the defense was out there so often, like in the past, it's like the offense keeps putting the – in the past you'd think, oh, the defense is gassed because the offense can't stay on the field – but this time I felt like the Ravens offense was just scoring quickly. You know what I mean? It felt like the defense was out there a lot, especially in the first half or the second half. It just felt like the offense was just like going out there scoring. And so the, the defense had to go right back out there. Just wanted to bring in some new information that's coming in from next gen stats, because it's kind of along the lines of what we're discussing here. The Ravens had eight different defenders generate multiple pressures in week seven. Kyle Van Noy and Adafi Owe finished tied for the team lead in pressures with five each. And then you see Clowney, Matabike, and Pierce with four, four, and three, respectively. So, Sarah, it's the interior pressure that we keep talking about, but the edge as well with these guys who are on the other side of 30, who the Ravens brought in late in the year, meaning like either late summer at the end of training camp in Jadavian's case, or literally in season within the first month in Kyle's case, they are getting major ROI on, on team-friendly deals. It's great to see. And then just so that we're being thorough here as well, Jared Goff was a different quarterback today when pressured, as Jonas Schaefer shared. The Ravens got to him 16 times today. Again, those five sacks on top of it. And then according to Next Gen Stats, eight for 16, 82 yards, 
an interception and a passer rating of 39.1 was one Jared Goff when the Ravens were getting to him. It was early and often. It was tone setting. Now let's talk a little bit about the league leader in interceptions. That's right. The league leader who was cut not all that long ago because of a numbers game a couple summers ago, a former seventh round pick out of Iowa in Geno Stone. I mean, can we just let's all give him, if you can, a standing ovation wherever you are, because he's been a great story of resiliency. He leaves the Ravens for a little while. He comes back. And now because of injury and honestly, at this point, just performance, he's got to be involved in what they're doing. Very, very cool. I didn't know what to expect from this secondary, including Geno Stone, because the the Lions offense had been so lights out and people talking about Jared Goff being an MVP candidate, not getting his due. And so I just didn't feel like, who was it? It was Davian Clowney who said, this is the best offense we've faced, quote, by far. So I was like, okay, well, let's see then. Let's see. Because, again, yeah, like the Steelers aren't like this juggernaut on offense. And the Titans, I mean, Tannehill is not somebody who like, you know, he's no Mahomes who you're like up late at night having nightmares about. Or Lamar Jackson, who Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, said that he has nightmares coming, you know, about Lamar Jackson. So I was curious to see what the the uh, secondary would do. And they were fine. They were fine. And then Geno Stone gets his fourth fourth interception I don't know where that ranks now I know coming into the game he was tied for first in the league I don't know if the other league leaders who he was tied with how many interceptions they had so we'll see by the end of the day it's really Tuesday morning because you have to talk about you know the Monday night game and so it is it's just it's just mind-boggling that it's it's, this is a seventh round pick and he's leading the league in in interceptions that's not at all how it's supposed to go down okay so you've got a seventh round pick by Eric DaCosta who's balling out and then let's take it over to Adafi Owe okay who's a first rounder and I and I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter who was already saying that the draft what year was it that Odafe and Rashad got drafted was it 2021 a year after year after COVID so yeah that would have been it okay so 2021 and already declaring that it was like a bust of a draft. And who knows, it might, it, 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 maybe it'll end up being that way. But I said to him, I was like, but if we judged Patrick Queen this early and people did, and they were calling him a bust and, and now here we are in Patrick Queen's in line to maybe be the next highest paid linebacker inside linebacker in the league. So um, it's just as unreal because I felt like Odafe Owe, he was talked about a lot in training camp coming out. I felt like he had a good game, a really good game against the Texans in week one, but then he hurt his ankle. And so his first game back, Bobby, I felt like he was he, he was everywhere he needed to be. Not only did he get his first sack of the season, but he got a fumble along with it. Goff, of course, recovered it. So it wasn't it, it did it wasn't a turnover, but it was a forced fumble. I just felt like Odafe Owe played his booty off today. And and to have that added to what we've seen from Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Vannoy, um, it's just like it's 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 it, it's it makes you excited about where this pass rush is going to continue to go. He's one of those guys that I think when I mentioned the Chuck Smith comment a couple minutes ago, he's one of the guys that comes to mind who's been like the beneficiary in a sense, right? Because he's having the year, even though we've we've missed him these last few weeks. Before he went down, he was one of the, the the team leaders in pressures. And now, to your point, 
he picks up where he left off in week two when he went down with that ankle injury. So I just think if that's a sign of things to come, let's go, Adafe, because that that that's a guy who need this was so such a crucial year for him. And you hope that he can maintain his his health and, and physical status here from from here on out because that'll allow Jadavian and Kyle, right? Mike Mike McDonald to be careful with these guys in terms of pitch counts and overall snaps because you don't want to outwork these guys. You don't want to overwhelm them so that they're not impactful for you, kind of like Justin Houston was. They needed to rely on Justin so much down the second half stretch last year that he, he kind of went off a cliff. So I think that you can't put a price tag on how important that's going to be for, for the defensive edge uh, moving forward. All right, so we're about an hour in here now. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else on defense you want to want to talk about. Didn't have to talk too much about special teams. Justin Tucker, who had to be the hero. I feel like it was both the last two times the Ravens played the Lions. Justin Tucker was like a hero with a 60-yard-plus field goal. Not needed today. The Ravens, you know, were obviously in a comfortable lead. So uh, what do we need here? Do we have any questions or, or comments that we we take before we close up here? I think we open it up. We haven't done this in a week or two just because the London thing was crazy with, with my itinerary and whatnot, but – We'll open it up to you. I just added into the live chat the access link if you want to pop on for a quick 30 seconds and let us know uh, what you want to talk about, where you're tuning in from, and uh, just something that we can kind of dive into for a couple minutes here. And while we wait for the open lines, here they come. Chef Trez is already ready to go. So, But before we do that, I do want to tell you a little bit about, like I mentioned earlier on, up at the top, CyberTech is our exclusive sponsor for how we're uh, giving you this post-game show and obviously the inside the vault with Roquan Smith. And here they come, Sarah. You can just hear it there's, in the, in the ear. Yes, they're as popping soon, in. As soon as as soon as soon we open the live chat up, it's just people are lining up. So it's it's awesome. There's been over a 1,000 people in terms of peak concurrent viewership for the last, like, 30 minutes. So I think we've set some records in that standpoint from a viewership standpoint. You guys are the best. If you've been enjoying what we're doing and bringing you on a weekly basis and you haven't already done so, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Those are the free ways of helping us out. You can also get involved with what we're doing as well if you want to throw us a few bucks and also find some incentive in there as well by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. Today's post-game show is exclusively sponsored by CyberTech. <laughs> can you, do you hear this? There's a ton of people in the waiting room. Let's get, what are you going to do? CyberTech and we'll get to you guys. Let's go. I, I just got to give them context. When, 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 when a guest calls into the show, we get a beep, we beep. In, our, in our ear beep. and it's beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. Uh, today's post-game show is exclusively sponsored by our friends at CyberTech, a next-generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm, a new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, you have a chance to meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for a virtual introduction. You can get started today by scanning the QR code that you have in the upper right-hand corner, or you can send an email that we have included in the show notes below. We just wanted to say thanks to CyberTech for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore, we have a full arsenal of folks that are willing to hop on the show. Here are the rules, gentlemen and ladies. We've got 30 seconds for you. Let us know your name, 
where you're calling in from, and one thing that you want to talk about. Chef Trez, you're coming up on deck here, and this is our new feature here inside the vault. What's going on, man? Man, what's going on? You know, I mean, I know you guys see me the past couple of weeks and everything, also throughout the chats and everything, but love the show. It's great as usual. I mean, it's perfect. Um, this win, it was, it was, I think that big statement win that the Ravens really needed this season to. Oh no. We'll come back to you, chef. We'll come back to you. Fix that camera. We'll come back to you. Wes, you're on deck, my man, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Hey, what's up y'all calling from Houston. Um, I got my Suggs Jersey on as appropriate for the day. Um, First, I want to give credit to John Harbaugh. I know, Sarah, you and I disagreed a couple weeks ago with the Pittsburgh game about who gets the blame and stuff like that, but I feel feel like the last couple weeks he's really stepped it up. Good decisions last week, good decisions today. Um, defense obviously played great. Happy for Gino to get the lead in the interceptions. Offense played great. I wanted to talk about Lamar specifically. CBS said that he had a perfect pass rating today. ESPN said it was, it was like 155 or something like that. But I went back and looked. <coughs> Since 2019, uh, games with a pass rating of over 140, Lamar has seven. Uh, to put that into perspective, Mahomes has three, uh, and Burrow has only two. So, you know, people saying you got to make him pass to beat him, pass, make him pass. I see what so you're doing, doing there. there. You know? You know? <laughs> Thanks, Wes. Appreciate you, man. Sorry, we had a little bit I of like feedback it, Wes. there, Wes. Yeah, there was some feedback. I like that Wes is bringing the receipts, showing it against some of the, you know, more known pocket passers. Love it. That's right. Let's keep it going here. Karsten, we're coming to you. My guy from Europe, he was awesome for me being my investigative reporter while we were, uh, Sarah, when, when we were in London. Karsten was like bringing us to all these like secretive rooms where there was tailgates and stuff. And it was, it was pretty cool. So welcome back inside the vault, my friend. Let everybody know where you're calling in from and what you want to talk about. So hello, so Carson from Germany, so here it's midnight, and actually, uh, first I have to say thank you for really what you're doing, really, really appreciate everything of that, and uh, what I want to talk is basically, I have to say, I think that actually the team got actually everything what we had, the dream of last week, and took that really to their heart, because you can see that really what they had, this momentum, I think that was really the London momentum they had. Oh, yeah. For sure. Appreciate you, brother. We're going to keep things going, my man, just just because we want to get to as many as we possibly can. But this is the momentum building win that they needed. Right. And Harbs made it very clear that he was he he felt empowered not to have selected post London as the bye week when the league called him this offseason and gave him that option. Chef Trez, let's give you another chance, my man. I'm all all about second chance. All right. (laughs) All right. So I'll keep it. I'll keep it very short and sweet. Um, like I said, this was a big statement win that the Ravens really needed. I mean, second half of the season, it's going to be a lot of tough opponents and everything. What I want to ask you guys is really shifting more to the front office. Um, the trade deadline is coming up. We already know the the Ravens, it's a playoff team. We can make to the playoff team. What trades do you think um, EDC could possibly make to deepen that playoff push? Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Let's just go real quick on this, just because so this is sort of a big picture conversation, Sarah, that we're going to have to probably have. Over we have the next, to do like, it this week during the vault. Eight days. Yeah. 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 I, I had a just quickly. I put out a video on Friday about Brian Burns, uh, outside linebacker for Carolina. A CBS analyst had put together sort of a, a proposal and the, the compensation that he proposed the Ravens give Carolina was absurd. 
a 2024 first rounder and a third rounder. Like, no, no, like that. I get it. He's a game changing player, but I'm not willing to give up that kind of compensation for a guy who they're not, they're not suffering right now in that department. So what, what's your thought on not, not that, but your thought to this question. Yeah. So my thought is that when you're getting for a trade at this time, I feel like you're getting a bargain. So to me, it's mostly about a superstar that you can get at a bargain. And I feel like EDC has gotten at positions in the past that I wasn't really necessarily predicting. And so to me, it's more like get yourself a superstar that you couldn't get in March of free agency. You know what I mean? Because there's too many bidders. That's number one. Number two, and these two things don't necessarily line up. If there was a position that I felt like was, was most needed, I know a lot of people are pushing pass rusher. I feel like the Ravens are doing well. I wouldn't be against it. But to me, I would love either a guard because I feel like the Ravens haven't gotten push in the in the uh, running game or a running back, like a superstar running back. And again, Hill and Gus, they're doing great, but I don't think they're superstars. To me, that's what I think would take things over the top. But it, but regardless of position, just a superstar that you can get at this time that you couldn't get at another time. Yeah, you've been pushing that running back thought, and I'm sure we'll, we'll revisit that over the next eight days. Oh, a Halloween. 4 p.m. Eastern 2023 trade deadline. We'll have plenty coming up on that, I'm sure, content-wise. Aaron, then Justin, then Asmodeus. Got them all lined up. If you're interested in joining us before we close, you can do so in the live chat. The access link has been provided for you. Aaron, you are inside the vault. Where are you from, and what do you want to discuss? Hey, guys. I'm from El Paso, Texas. Oh, I just want to talk about the schedule for a bit uh, on how – strength and all that stuff is for the next week. I read that from a strength of schedule standpoint, Sarah uh, and, and Aaron, they are, they have the third toughest, toughest, if I'm not mistaken, down the stretch. So it may not look that way next weekend in Arizona, but we all know that, you know, from a back end standpoint that, yeah, it's not going to get any easier. So appreciate the call, Aaron. I mean, like Sarah, they, they, they're in a good position. They certainly could you could have used those two those two wins, uh, you know, in, in Indianapolis or against Indianapolis and in Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, it doesn't get any easier from here on out. It doesn't get easier. I'm sure the Lions were one that was like certainly making their strength of schedule more difficult. Yeah. But what I do like is that we are in mid October and the Ravens only have, I believe. I believe it's like three more road games because they just went through a crazy road stretch from uh, the Browns to the Steelers to London and then coming back against this five and one team. So I think they're in a good spot in terms of like being at home and not traveling as much. They obviously have the Seahawks. You've got your AFC North games, but they're all going to be at home. Chargers, Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Miami. That'll be a big one. Yeah, it's it's going to be we, – we've got some heavy hitters coming up. Justin, you are back inside the vault, a familiar face at this point. I mean, gosh, this is becoming a weekly occurrence. But everybody, let everybody know where you're from and what do you want to talk about. I'm calling from Northeast PA. Bobby, Sarah, I love your content. You guys are the best out there. You know that. But – uh you know, I was going to talk about the trade deadline. Trez kind of stole my thunder on that. I think with, if we put Keaton Mitchell in, I've seen some stuff in the comments saying he might have got hurt. I didn't see that. but if Hamstring. Put, he left with the hamstring. Okay, well, if you, got, if you have Keaton, Gus, and Justice, and Justin does, Justice doesn't fumble, I think our backfield is going to be fine. 
the trade deadline. I don't think we need a pass rusher either. The old vets are coming through like always. It's crazy. I just wanted to call to say, please give the flowers to the offensive line. Nine point something seconds for Lamar. Like, are you kidding me? I was dogging these guys. You were dogging these guys. They Stanley was looking bad. I mean, today they played their butts off. Our O-line deserves their flowers. Uh, thank God we look good. Like I said, this reminded me of the Monday Night Football against the Rams where we just slammed them. We just slammed these guys, like punched them in the face, man. Hey, I love you guys. You are the best. Sarah, Bobby, keep it up. Uh, Ravens vault, the flock. Love you guys, man. Have a nice weekend. Appreciate love you that, too, Justin. Justin. Love it. Very much. Very much. Yeah. We, and we've definitely given the, the, the much needed, much deserved love to the O-line because, you know, I, gosh, I got a question on the pregame show today. You know, is it time to move on or, or create a contingency plan for, for Ronnie Stanley? And I said, no, I mean, they have too much money hooked on him, committed to him one and two, you know, it's, I'm just, I'm just not there yet on him. And sure enough, he goes and just bulldozes dudes all day long today. And, and you hope that that's a, a sign of things to come from, from a health standpoint for Ronnie. Cause that's, that's the bottom line. The only thing that's in Ronnie's way, Sarah is between the ears from, from a health standpoint and, and the physical side of things. That's it. I mean, if he hadn't gone down in, in 2020, what, 24 hours after he, he was paid that, that big time mm -hmm. contract extension, who knows? We probably still would have been talking about him in a, in an all pro light, like he was in, in 2019. Asmodeus, let everybody know where you're tuning in from today and what do you want to talk about? Hey, Bobby. Hey, Sarah. This is, I'm from uh, Northern Virginia, and I I wanted to go ahead and just uh, echo back in the past couple of weeks. So I was live in the Steelers game in Pittsburgh in the Section 100 area, and we were getting dogged at. They were making fun of this, whatever. And everyone um and social media was saying you know the ravens don't look good they're calling it Giro system i said take a breath last year mike mcdonald had a slow start how many times have we scored 35 points and we end up losing that game but look at it now you know that deep the defense is real we can everyone can agree that it's real and i fully expected fully trusted um Todd Munkin to do the same thing. It was going to take a couple of times, but we saw flashes. It was a matter of putting all the pieces together. And so now we have the third, you know, the third hardest schedule up for the, you know, the rest of the NFL. Iron sharpens iron. I don't know about, I don't know about the rest of the flock. I remember 2012 was not an easy season. 2012 was full of adversity. And because of that, we were able to beat Andrew Luck. We beat, um, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Brady, uh, Colin Kaepernick, and we won the Super Bowl. Why can't it happen again? I absolutely believe it can happen again. Big time optimism from Asmodeus. We appreciate you for popping in. Sarah, what do you remember? Take a breath. Take a breath. That's great advice all the time. All the time in football and life. Take a breath. I like that. I love it. DRMZ, you ready to come on the show? Lamont, you'll be after him. Let's keep it going here. A few more calls. Thanks for being with us. Still have over 800. And as Justin says, thank you for the call, first of all, Justin. But yes, if you haven't already done so and you've been enjoying the content, goes a long way if you just press that like button for both videos or whatever video you're tuning in on. And also uh, subscribe to both The Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels if you haven't yet. 
All right. Let's see. Who did I say? DRMZ. That's right. What's up, man? What's up, Bobby? What's up, Sarah? Big fans of y'all. Um, so what y'all think is like they're gonna try to move the goalposts for Lamar. You know, like every game, no matter whether he wins or loses, he's gonna try to move the goalposts. So what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Ooh, how will they move it on this one? This one's gonna take some serious mental gymnastics. What do you think? I don't know. They always find something that doesn't make sense because this is the game he could have ever since Pittsburgh. Hey, you know, everybody not drop passes and everything. I got it. I already got it. It's the ones that we're saying, finally, Lamar's Playmakers is helping him. So Gus going for 80 yards after the two-yard jump off or, you know, Zay, it's going to be that. It's going to be like, oh, well, he only had to throw it for two yards. And so all of, you know, all of his receivers are and, and running backs are helping him out. I bet that's going to be that's the only that's the only thing that you could do on after this one. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Maybe they'll be like, oh, are you kidding me? You couldn't give us a Jackson 5? Like, really? Yeah. Jackson <laughs> yeah. 5? <laughs> All right, Lamont, we're coming up for you. This is our last call of the day. Where are you from? What do you want to talk about? Um, I'm from uh, Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Are you in a health store right now? No, I'm in a vape store. Oh, in a vape store. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so what's up? Um, first things first, I just want to thank both of you for everything that you do. I watch you guys on the regular and, you know, I appreciate all the hard work that you guys put in and, uh, very welcome. And it's not more, it's not really a question. It's just more of statements. Like I just wanted to say, we look so damn good today. The chemistry was just so on point and you know what? The lines flocked around and they found out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) straight up and down. Like, um, I don't know. We just looked so freaking good today. And if we can just keep that momentum, you know, that ring's coming to us. <laughs> Somebody uh, photoshopped that saying that you just hit on one of Lamar's jerseys or shirts from a while ago. And I saw it come up on Twitter just within the last couple of minutes. So, so well mm-hmm. said there. And, and Lamont, thanks for popping on, man. We appreciate Thank you. the support. But, uh, but yeah. He's yeah. walked around and found out. <laughs> it's perfect. Start the shirt. Start the shirt. All right. We'll do one more call. One more call, Alan. This is it. All right. So, so no more, no more popping on. I feel guilty not bringing, you know, bringing people on when they, when they call in. So Alan, you're, you're it, my man. Hey, just wanted to go back to that guy that was talking about what is the national media going to say? They're going to say that these were the same old lions, unfortunately, that these lions, Uh. they're going to go back and start dogging the lions versus giving us the flowers. Unfortunately, it's probably what's going to happen. That's that's a good one. That's but a good one, yeah. We're just on to next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on to Arizona, my man. Appreciate the call, Alan. Perfect. Thanks so much, man. Love the hat, too. Dad. He must be a good dad if he's rocking that thing. All right. <laughs> so we want to make sure, as always, that we shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. These guys are supporting everything we're building here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Mike Batting and Greg McCarthy, thank you both for your support. If you guys are interested in doing the same and supporting the channel monetarily, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. There's so many different ways to get involved, whether it's a dollar 99 a month for general support or all the way up to 49 99 a month. If you're a small business owner and maybe you want to promote what you're doing in the community once a month through a title sponsor episode. So big thank you to everybody who, 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 not only tuned in, but that supports us through Patreon and just in general speaking. I mean, we had over, I think we got close to 1,100 in terms of peak concurrent viewers throughout the last hour and 20 minutes and counting. So 
awesome viewership partner. Always fun to do this after a win. We had our, uh, we suspect this might be the case uh, when they went out and, and just put a thumping on the Detroit Lions. So next up is Arizona. Just in terms of a quick look around the league, right now the Steelers and Rams are playing, so we won't give any kind of update there. But as as we're tape, as we're live here, the Rams are up on the Steelers at the end of the third quarter. The Browns beat the Colts without Deshaun Watson for I think a chunk of that game. I didn't watch it, but I think he he was either ruled out with a concussion or or something happened in that game. Thirty nine to thirty eight, they outlast. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 tough. Cleveland getting right now. big wins, yeah. yeah. For sure. And, and a kind of a cool story, too, just in terms of being able to do it with without Deshaun. And then did did Pittsburgh? Well, I already told you about Pittsburgh. What's going on with Cincy? Cincinnati? I think I think Cincy, don't they have a bye this week? OK, it looks like they have the bye. So anyway, that's just a look. We'll, we'll take a look at, at what's going on, obviously, this week in terms of trade deadline talk around the AFC. And then, of course, uh, coming up in week eight with the Ravens traveling to Arizona. So with that, thank you guys so much. Like the video if you enjoyed tonight's stream. Subscribe to the channels. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this post-game live stream. The Ravens dominate 38-6. to They send the Detroit Lions home, questioning, I'm sure, a lot. They improve to 5-2 and two atop the AFC North. Live to fight another day going into week eight of this NFL season. You guys are the best. Later.